0: My Instagram explore tab is ever since they introduced the reels feature, their TikTok knockoff, my explore tab has been really messed up. So I'm getting more, um, more like meme content and stuff I don't like, but there's something that popped up here from the food network. And I think it's because you've DM'd me multiple things <laughs> related to chopped and, uh, chopped sweets. Um, uh, so I had a link in here too. Um, it's called the website's called effendish. Let me send you a link. Yeah, so it's FN Dish, trending news, tips, tales, and recipe from Food Network. I think they think it's called FN, but I'm gonna we're gonna go with the first one. But this is this is upsetting because we've also talked about or we I've recommended on the show before the subreddit. Um, we want plates. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and apparently there's this guy, uh, his name, and I'm not trying to mispronounce this on purpose, but it's it's chef and mixologist Jay Chefe Cheffy? like i i legitimately don't know what it is i'm not trying to i'm gonna throw shade on what he does for a living but not for <laughs> not for the name
1: you're, you're not making it personal
0: no so this is there's not a whole lot here but the instagram posts that they seem to have highlighted here um are, are really upsetting so they're the the article in question was the one thing your at-home cocktails is missing but that isn't that oh okay Noun-verb agreement. Sorry, the uh, the one thing your at-home cocktail singular is missing, according to a mixologist, not a real thing. Um, so the first one is go giant. I'm not really sure that's that's the 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 key takeaway for um fancy beverages, unless you're trying to do like a a Long Island iced tea at a um Las Vegas Golden Knights game. The other part is. I don't even know what this candy is, but number two is turn to your favorite candy. And it looks like he has like some type of like gummy ring thing.
1: You've never had a peach ring? Come on.
0: I have n- I do not know what this is. It looks like somebody from Phil's put like the little mint mojito thing <laughs> on top of some some candy that they got after Easter from, from the save on. Um, so there's that. And then for number three, there's, I guess maybe a mango. That's been like run through like a Windows ninety five screensaver, so it's all blocky.
1: I was gonna say a paper shredder, but
0: yeah, yes, yeah, same thing before graphics cards got, <laughs> got, got on their game. Um, and then the worst part, I, and this is where we're gonna round. Where I'm gonna close the tab. This is this is the worst one, I think. Yeah, because again, that's where I don't really. I maybe I I've, um, I'm more skeptical of this mixologist's credentials of Mister J. Sheffy or Chefe is there's uh, it's glassware that is a pair of stiletto shoes that has a necklace on it and is filled with God knows what. And I don't know what this is, but I I guess I expect more from food network based off what you've told me from their strong history of, um, of chopped and chopped sweets and D, of course.
1: (laughs) I like how you, you've embraced the triple D name.
0: Well, no, good. Good for him. Again, again, he's now a friend of the show. He he can do no wrong until, ultimately, he gets canceled for something. I I don't know, but um, no, Guy Fury is a friend of the show. But I I this is, I don't know why every company has to try to be like a lifestyle. Like everybody's trying to everybody. Everything has like its like Buzzfeed side hustle, and I I guess I just expect a little bit more from Food Network than this.
1: So one thing that we like to do a lot on this show is um, call out examples of why or um, how we feel old now. And Mm. my example here is that I used to be really into these kind of quirky cocktails. Like whenever I'd go out to, um, I don't know if you're familiar with these types of places anymore, Carlos, but restaurants and bars, they, they used to be a thing. Um, I would always kind of try to order some obscure drink that I had that I had never had before never heard of before but now in in my older years I just get an old-fashioned or a Manhattan and if I order anything other than those two things I usually just wish I had ordered a Manhattan or an old-fashioned
0: yeah I I think that's fair um like me personally like I, I wouldn't say I really go to that extreme like I I'm somebody who's maybe less um, predisposed to purchasing wine at like a fancy restaurant because, like, again, just of thinking like a economist or, or like or like Susie Orman, like that's the some that's something that has just such a direct cost comparison to what you can get at home. Where at least when you're out, you can think that oh, most of the price I'm paying for is the skill in or like the recipe for this cocktail. So I'm not somebody who will ever get something that's like and I, and I have no hate for people who want to get whatever like uh like some very sugary drink that's just kind of whatever they like i mean you, you everybody again you do you this year has proven that more than anything i've just try to do whatever doesn't hurt other people and apparently that's that's beyond most americans but well yeah
1: that's a good um that's a good call out with comparing what you get at a restaurant versus like what you can make at home because the the tricky thing with cocktails isn't Necessarily making the drink itself, but you know, not only do you have to go out and if you want to try a new drink, you're you know, all but assured to have to go out and at least get a couple of ingredients. And more often than not, especially if you're talking about sweeteners or whatever, you know, you're going to end up having to buy like 12 or 16 ounces of whatever you need, and you're going to need like a quarter of an ounce or half an ounce of it in your drink and then you're you know you're left with 15 and a half ounces of this stuff that like you're like never going to use or going to use slowly over the course of you know
0: years so exactly that's that's where like again being charged 13 dollars for a very conservative pour of a bottle of wine that i know costs like 26 dollars at knl is not something i'm really uh Apt to or, or looking to do where, yeah, the the cocktails like they have all the it's it's like uh it's like with a plumber this is not a good analogy, but or like or any trade profession where it's yeah sure you're paying a hundred like it, the the job may take two minutes but you're paying for the expertise of knowing like which uh valve to turn, you know what I mean?
1: So Carlos, what if you could order wine in a restaurant or bar in the the far fun far flung future where we're allowed to go back to those places? and they served you wine in a stiletto glass would that change your mind
0: wait what do you mean change my mind
1: like would you would you then be inclined to to order wine
0: no i mean if they served it to me like in like a, a, a apple g4 cube maybe <laughs> again like i mean like if it's gonna be so if i'm gonna go gimmicky let's let's do that or um i
1: think that the trash can mac pro would be better for that i'd imagine you could serve like you know how they in some of the bars like tiki bars they'll have those um well god this is probably not going to be a thing for a while those uh, shareable drinks where you get like the five six straws in there and then people share them uh, the, the little little mini uh or mac trash can mac pro would be good
0: for that i mean no offense but i think that's that's much more a youth thing <laughs> i mean like yeah i i'm just not yeah uh, uh i have never Actually, I think I did go to that Smuggler's Cove place, but I, I, I don't think I'm ever, I'm a tiki bar kind of person or somebody who's getting uh, like sangria slushies for a table of six or something.
1: I don't think that's going to shock anybody who even semi-regularly listens to this program.
0: Yeah. Now now I'm thinking about what Apple product would be the most appropriate um, uh, container for a drink in in, in a non-comical way hmm can't really place it like i mean where Where's? G- can you get get Stephen hackett on the phone <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah let me let me call him up No, no I, I'll, I'll stick by my trash can mac pro i think
0: that's no but that's that's too much that's comically too much. oh you're
1: thinking for just like a single no no actually you know
0: what no beverage. no i'm gonna i'm gonna say i would <laughs> no actually i'm backing out as i was going to say a mimosa a bottomless mimosa in a home pod <laughs> like that seems much more because i think a home pod is about three standard size mimosas which if you're having a long brunch is maybe appropriate but i wouldn't even know i have i haven't had, i haven't had a i haven't had a smoky the bear or a mimosa in a very long time i don't know yeah
1: what was the name of that drink that they used to have on the menu at pico
0: that they haven't had in a while oh my favorite that i'm bummed about yeah which one? Oh, that's the graveyard shift the graveyard shift yeah yeah, I still have, I have all the ingredients because that is actually going back to your point where, and I have a very, um, a love, hate, mostly hate, actually entirely hate relationship with BevMo. Um, there's like their pricing, their policies, the the ID scanning thing. I, I dislike so much of it, but, uh, trying to recreate the graveyard shift at home is where I've ended up with like three bottles of stuff I'm going to use once. Cause I haven't been able to get the proportions right Mm. because i have all the i like i know all the ingredients but i just haven't been able to um to make it work yet uh anyway so yeah the the, this the the blog on fn is not really not really doing it for me um yeah and and, uh there was one other thing oh yeah this is unrelated but before we get into follow-up um send you one more link oh good doggy sorry there's a dog out on a late night walk outside oh uh he's, he's got a little oh and he's got like a sporty like uh, uh uh halo collar good for him um so yeah so i sent you a link to uh the phillips hue page because i was looking for um do you remember those bloom lights that you could get yeah yeah i was looking at that just to see how much they cost because i was vaguely interested but then I was also kind of just avoiding doing whatever I needed to do so I closed the tab pretty quick but so if you scroll halfway down the page can you get to the part where it says home sweet hue
1: home sweet hue their website's pretty but it's it's kind it's of busy bad. um uh-huh. okay yeah I'm I'm there now
0: can you explain to people what's going on in the the left image yoga I guess but what is the hue product doing like why why is this woman worshipping a Hugh a Hugo or, or a Hugh Bloom? Because I know there's there's two products, but I don't really know. Like this this feels weird.
1: I think the type of light and the color of light is appropriate for something like yoga. It's kind of a calming blue, but I agree that the the placement of the light I, I'd have some questions about that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. The, the The Hue website is is very, very strange, and also the amount of Hue stuff that they make is actually seems to have expanded a lot into stuff that's maybe outside of their core. I feel like if you're making, if you're going to spend like five hundred dollars on a light fixture, maybe you wouldn't go with something that proprietary. I don't know. Like Hue feels it feels like much more like a retrofit type thing versus buying a purpose driven lighting appliance for your house that is this level of proprietary so i mean it's
1: been well well documented on this show how ingrained i am into the phillips hue ecosystem but even i have not dabbled into any of these standalone lighting units i've i've just stuck with with the bulbs because yeah the the standalone units are they're very taste specific and they're quite expensive
0: yeah, well I mean that that's that's no that's no big deal for you. But put put it on the just just get something out of the wine cellar and just put it put it up on eBay for a second. <laughs> um the 78 Bordeaux, I think, would would fetch uh, is probably equivalent for this um this hue lighting fixture. All right, let's transition slowly into follow-up. So I think we I think this is a take turns type of thing. So first off Actually, did we actually talk about this last week? We talked about Roomba getting smarter or getting some type of AI update, but did we actually explain the part that it's somehow linked with August now? So we mentioned
1: it, and then I had called out that I had gone through the setup process, but, you know, because I seldom leave my house anymore, I, I had not yet had a chance to actually test it out. And... Going into testing it out for the first time, which i was was able to do the the following day, I was really curious how how it was gonna work so the like the worst case scenario would be that it would be just a really really dumb simple integration where whenever it sensed your door unlocked and then locked again it would it would um kind of interpret that as you having left the house but then i thought well no surely there had to be some more thought put into it than that it must use you know how like with the auto unlock feature that it has it kind of puts one of those your
0: neighborhood yeah it puts like the
1: little geofence around your house i was thinking like well it, it must use that that's like kind of the only logical thing but then i kind of started thinking like well it's it's tricky in our case, right? Because it's it's both the the lady friend and I. So it's like if I leave the house, but she's still home, or vice versa. Is it is the Roomba? You know, is it smart enough to realize that one of us is still home, and is it is it going to run? I I kind of figured it wouldn't
0: do that. And then you you got upset realizing that you spent way more time considering how this product would get used than the people who wrote it. Hundred percent.
1: So. When I so I you know I went to went to test it out, and it it it's it was option one there. It it's literally the most half-assed, not thought-out smart home integration I've ever seen. And there there's a lot of bad ones out there.
0: Have you looked at most Alexa Alexa skills?
1: (laughs) It literally is as simple as whenever it detects your lock state going from locked to unlocked, back to locked, it interprets that as you leaving the house. So, you know, I, I always have my my front door set to, to auto lock. I mean, that's one of the, the best features about having a, a smart lock. So that would mean that if I were to ever, you know, open the door to, say, take out the trash cans or... Go pick up a you know a package on my driveway or something, or go out to my car to grab something really fast and come right back in. Roomba would interpret that as me having left the house and and start a cleaning cycle so it's it's just completely worthless, and I just don't know like I don't know if it's one of those things where somehow nobody thought of that through the development process. And I, you know, I assume there's lots of smart people who work on these things, or if that was known as being sort of a limitation and it was like, well, just ship it anyway.
0: Like, I mean, I I assume it's one of those things where with tech companies, a lot of times it's all about the F and Bs and you just want to have a checklist of stuff that you can say that it does, but it's when like the deadline comes, it's just push it out there. Like, I think that's a, that's a big thing in tech, right? I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Just also with, with your auto locking, do you have it set to like literally like there's no delay? Yeah, there's no delay. So what happens if you, so you you close the front door and you're taking out the the trash cans. Do you have to grab your phone or do your keypad?
1: I do my keypad or, um, after like two years now, uh, the Siri integration has actually gotten to the point where it's, it's quite reliable. So I, I do that a lot on my watch too.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: But there's always the, the trusty keypad. I mean, I never would, of course, never, <laughs> never, yeah. uh, oh gonna... so yeah, actually, yeah, sorry. You're not the
0: right person to, uh. So, so it it turns out on that my keypad's been super unreliable recently to the point where again, worried about getting locked out if I haven't had my phone where even the, and this is probably, I mean, so since you're relying on auto lock, you don't wouldn't use this feature, but on the keypad, you can just press the August button and then that just triggers the lock so that you don't have to wait. Like mine is set on like a two minute delay so that I don't have that taken out the trash problem. Where I've had where it just it doesn't actually do anything a third of the time, and I've replaced the batteries on both the lock and the keypad within the past couple of months because I know I have an omni focus recurring task so that uh, last Christmas's thing doesn't happen again. But I don't know. I'm 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 anxious about it again. So
1: so wait so the so the lock does not automatically lock after two minutes, or are you saying just pressing that one button on the keypad doesn't trigger the door to lock?
0: correct i actually generally when i'm leaving the house i don't just trust it to lock i will actually just for my own sanity just press the august button to force it to lock immediately got it and but that has been working less reliably and i think there's been one case where because i still get the three times a week it does the um uh something 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 encountered an error auto lock did not work hmm did yours ever? I know you started getting that with more frequency, but I think you haven't complained about it recently, so I'm assuming it kind of cleared itself up, sort of maybe.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I see it every now and then. I, I know the the lady friend has it happen to her occasionally too, and it, she understandably is irritated when that happens. Um, but but no, it it happens. I'd say less frequently than it used to.
0: Yeah, I mean it still happens every once in a while, and I feel like there have been one or two close calls, or not close calls, but where the keypad input doesn't work either and mm. i have had my phone and my watch app and it's worked but still that's not it's 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 not reassuring
1: yeah it's like like the thing that you had happen to you last year that's hard to kind of brush aside i feel like that would sort of permanently color your <laughs> uh trust
0: yeah it's there's some parallels to this year that we, that are broader but we're not gonna get into that no the frivolity isn't really it isn't really um commensurate there but right um all right so i will take the next one so still or sparkling uh our much much um love segment here yeah um two new reviews so the first one i sent you a picture in slack earlier today and this was the brand is called chirp
1: it's a good um good well-designed can
0: yeah yeah it's it's chirp like what what the hockey players do to each other that's right um and they the marketing gimmick of this company and i only bought this because it was on sale at target and i thought they were out of spindrift but what it turns out was that they had (laughs) because the spindrift section was totally picked over like there was only that um I think it's raspberry and lime. I forget which, which is the mm, one, which yeah. is, which is tolerable, but it's not, it's not great. Right. So it was entirely picked over. and I was like, man, this, this stinks. There's no paper towels and there's no spindrift. So this, this was a, um, a fruitless expedition to the center field target. Uh, but no, it turns out when I went to the, um, like the main corridor, there was actually a, a like a pile of spindrift on like a pallet. And I was like, Oh, Nice. Uh, but there was no, um, and not, not the Walgreens nice, just nice in the in terms of the emotion. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, but I had already had this chirp in my cart and I didn't feel like putting it back, so <laughs> that's how this week's going. Uh, but yeah, so this is, uh, it's pink grapefruit flavored, but the whole marketing gimmick of this sparkling water is that it is sparkling energy water, and then it's got 50 milligrams of caffeine in it.
1: Isn't that, fifty milligrams of caffeine, isn't that like less than half a cup of coffee?
0: No. Or around no, no. half
1: a cup of coffee?
0: Well, as you'll talk about with uh, uh, La Cologne in a minute, um, I think those have like 110 milligrams, which is supposed to be two cups of coffee,
1: right? I I, I want to say, Alexa. I think like 110 milligrams. How much caffeine's
0: in a cup of coffee? 95. Okay, half a cup of coffee. Nice job. Okay.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, because I think the one, I think the... The one that we're about to talk about is like 125 milligrams or something like that. And it says it's equivalent to a cup and a half of coffee.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So not a ton, but I guess maybe that's good. Where if you had a sparkling water at six o'clock in the evening, that would, um, like okay, if, if it was as much as like three Red Bulls, that might not be ideal. But yeah, um, it's super gross. I regret buying this. And, um, I'm going to like give away or something or just get rid of this because it was very bad because apparently the um, the caffeine is derived from white tea which is somehow inside this and I, this was a huge I, this was a big mistake and this is very bad water I have nothing else to share with that <laughs> uh, and then round two okay so this one is a uh, D minus water. Uh the other one is another caffeinated water that I've seen pop up called aha water. Have you seen this?
1: Uh I have not, and you haven't you didn't send me anything um in the thing about it. Just AHA?
0: Yeah, let me so I'll send you Drinkaha.com. Yeah. Why are the why are these companies not getting the, the top tier like just like uh drinkspendrift.com? Like how are they not poning up for this? Some interesting flavors here. Yeah, most of them are bad. The one that I tried was the one that has 30 milligrams of added caffeine to it, which is the citrus and green tea one. So for anybody out there that might not like uh, Spindrift Half and Half, which is the gold standard of Mm. uh, sparkling waters that have green tea in them and is definitely in the top three of all Spindrift flavors. I would not say it's my number one, but i actually top three, top two. Um this one was entirely fine. Not not good or not great. Definitely not nearly as good as uh half and half, but it's fine. Uh and this one is so Aha water is the Coca-Cola's company uh, their response to I think bubbly because I don't think they have I don't think they own a sparkling water product cuz Lacroix is one Lacroix is like over with and canceled and that's like very 2017 uh and they're independently owned and then bubbly was pepsico's big push into sparkling water i don't think coca-cola has another sparkling water brand so i think this might be it for them but yeah it's fine interesting that it's only two of the yes it's it's, they're not all flavors
1: that have caffeine and I mean, 30 milligrams is starting to get almost into nothing. the what's-the-point territory. Exactly.
0: <laughs> again, also a parallel for this year. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, I, I trust that you wrote that down in the show, list. That
0: is what prompted me to open the text-made document, because I <laughs> forgot that's my job.
1: Um, anyway, peach, yes. Peach plus honey is... Gross. Hmm, that's... that's a, that's that's veering into so weird I have to try it territory, which might well, be a good segue. No, into. <laughs> no, no,
0: no. We're not going to go there. <laughs> we we'll put a pin in that for just a second because that's too perfect a to segue. Because this goes back to the, the, the effing blog where weren't you telling me there's peach rings or something? What were those things?
1: Those are just peach flavored um, sour candy.
0: There's no honey involved there. I guess my my point would be that peach flavored anything is always bad and peaches as the the fruit themselves are generally bad as well.
1: Eh, I I disagree with you there. Hmm. But I'm not sure that I mean peaches and honey in some type of dessert or something where you're talking about fresh peaches and maybe some kind of drizzle of honey i you know i, I can get down with that but well but
0: the thing the thing is it's it's not because if you look at the nutrition facts of this there's zero sugars in it so obviously there's zero honey yeah so so, so it's just it's just weird it's kind of like the when the uh, when lays chips does the do us a flavor where there's no there whatever is on the front of the bag has never touched whatever's inside of it
1: oh and I, we kind of we buried the lead here i didn't realize that so the citrus and green tea is one of the two flavors that has this 30 milligrams of caffeine mm-hmm. the other one is
0: black cherry and coffee sounds disgusting oh and also probably has no coffee either yeah that's it's not one of the ingredients
1: yeah, I would I would try the the peach and honey one, but I I don't think I would even try the black cherry and coffee one. That's that's too weird.
0: Yeah, and I, and I th- I think Coca Cola is doomed because you can't really there's there is no aha equivalent of Michael Bublé to do like a Super Bowl ad for you.
1: This is maybe a dumb question, but if there's no sweeteners, no calories in drinks like this. Like where where does the flavor come from?
0: I mean, there there are things like uh, like this doesn't have stevia in it, but there's other things where basically the whatever they use for the essencing of the water, which which is a very I really term, is just it's just flavory stuff.
1: That doesn't really that doesn't really
0: answer my question. <laughs> well, yeah, but but you didn't expect a real answer,
1: did you? That's that's true.
0: Again, I'm I'm doing my best, uh, Huckabee Sanders here. <laughs> Got a new book out.
1: Oh, um, oh boy.
0: Yeah. Because um, Stevia has no calories, but it, I mean, it obviously has a ton of... Um, but isn't Stevia, wouldn't that be classified
1: as a sweetener? Exactly. But this doesn't have any sweeteners. That's what I'm saying. Like what, what? So what's left?
0: Well, no, but I'm saying, but there's stuff that makes stuff taste like stuff that isn't stuff.
1: But I'm saying that Stevia would be an example of something that Aha Water claims to not have. So... What does it have?
0: Well, but then why is Coke zero, zero calories? That would be, I
1: I have similar questions there. Uh,
0: I I answered, why doesn't Santa exist with, why is the Easter bunny also not real?
1: (laughs) Oh, man. It's pretty good. Too long to be a show title, but (laughs) pretty good.
0: I don't even know, man. Like, I... Um, do you know what the Pepsi equivalent of Coke Zero is? No. Uh, think hard. It's it's very in vogue with um, uh, service like uh, over the top services these days. Very in vogue with over the top services. and Apple services. as well. Is oh is it Pepsi Plus? It's Pepsi Max.
1: Oh damn it! I was close.
0: <laughs> uh there probably was pepsi uh pepsi plus at one time <laughs>
1: yeah pepsi max
0: wow yeah part of the pepsi universe okay all right so that was that was two things so again uh skip the chirp water unless they ever manage to get an nhl uh sponsorship or um the aha water i mean if you want to give it a try fine but just go i would i would strongly just you just to get um Spindrift drift instead uh so you sent a very troubling image i think was like three weeks ago but we never we never got to it um i'm not sure i ever actually made the the docket and i forget if was it pumpkin spice something or am i making that up
1: it was mm-hmm. okay sorry we've, we've officially entered a psl season carlos which i know is your absolute favorite time of year
0: you and mike isaac <laughs>
1: So I, um, to, to bring it all the way back to, um, Instagram, uh, got an Instagram ad for La Colombe coffee. Timing was perfect because the supply here at home has been running low. So I was actually due to order some more and lo and behold, the, the ad that I received was an ad for their latest seasonal flavor, pumpkin spice. Uh, so there'll be a link to the notes um, in this for for this. Uh, of course, after seeing the ad and and sending it to you and, and seeing your reaction, I had I had to try it. You know, mostly for the show. For and science, it, for science, yeah. Um, had very low expectations, but I have to say it's 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 not bad. And here's why: it's not nearly as sweet as most pumpkin spice stuff is. So in you know in La Cologne fashion, it's it's a hundred calories per can. It's only like four grams of added sugar. So it doesn't have that super artificially syrupy taste that most pumpkin treats and and um drinks have. The 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 pumpkin spice flavor I would say is subtle. Not something I would drink all the time or anything, but uh, exceeded expectations, I would say.
0: This is going to sound like a really dumb question, but is pumpkin itself sweet?
1: Very, very
0: mildly so, I suppose. So then I guess why are the people who are popularizing pumpkin spice, like, I mean, spicy is obviously not sweet. So where where are they creating the illusion that pumpkin is supposed to be sweet?
1: I, I mean, I... I I think a lot of it has to go back to the pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks, right? Did, isn't that sort of the origin for all of this pumpkin madness
0: in September and October? Um, I mean, I think I like I don't think they were the first, but I'm yeah, they're absolutely the ones that popularized it. Yeah, it's the same reason why we have that the the DNKN uh, they released a new thing that is supposed to taste like stale cereal today. <laughs> what? Good for them. <laughs> well, I as it as so, uh
1: they're always coming out with crazy coffee flavors. They had like I think some Girl Scout cookie flavors for a while, and they they do all kinds of nutty stuff.
0: <laughs> uh, what else do we have? Sorry, my again my windows are all out of sorts. Okay, so I guess now we're gonna ease into the normal stuff. So follow up again from the app store epic games thing um apple officially terminated the developer account of epic last friday maybe yep yeah um i mean admitted sorry it doesn't make sense or i mean i have like again we all have our opinions of it we're not going to get into that but i mean i i guess that's that's kind of what was expected um the one point of clarification is that there is a difference um, where with that preliminary hearing they had, um, the judge said that no, it'd be unreasonable for uh, Unreal Engine to be jeopardized by this disagreement or this contract breach. Uh, But apparently Unreal Engine and Epic Games have distinct developer accounts, so that is um, not really um, at stake or or in play here.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing that I don't know if it was just we were confused about or if there was broader uncertainty around this um which was what exactly does blocking your developer account mean like it, did it mean that Apple would be revoking epics um what's what's the term for it there like um it's not developer key or security token or whatever but, but basically like the thing that all iOS developers have where Apple you know if if your app ends up being malicious or something basically has like a kill switch on the back end where they can I think I think you're thinking
0: of notarization but I don't think that's it either. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah whatever yeah. the whatever the name for it is. Um mm-hmm. I th- I think that at least from us there was some doubt as to whether like that's what this would result in meaning that like even people who already had Fortnite installed on their iOS device if if it would just cease to to um, work anymore but that that's not the case if you have the app it will continue to run however you will not be able to re-download it so you know i they brought up this really good point on upgrade which is you know even when you do um a restore on an iphone all of your apps get re-downloaded. They don't directly transfer to your new device. So presumably if you were to go say upgrade to the new iPhone this fall and you had Fortnite installed on your previous iPhone, even if you were restoring from a backup, I don't I don't think Fortnite would be on your new phone. So sorry, Carlos.
0: Yeah, I'm really gonna miss out on the new season of um playing as Ant Man. Sure. Yeah. Well, no, they, they were saying that there there's some <coughs> superhero partnership, but I always forget which one's DC and which one's Marvel and which one's um, uh, Willy Wonka or whatever. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I can confirm that um, there's some apps that I like as I've upgraded iPhones, even if there wasn't specifically like a restriction on this doesn't work with like iOS 11 or, or what have you, where because developers have just like deleted their accounts or whatever, those apps... Even though, even if they're not actively maintained, do not come back. So yeah, that that does check out. Where a iCloud restore just would not have that app available as an on-demand download. So yeah, makes sense, kind of.
1: Yeah. So I think I think we've reached the point in the story and and upgrade called this out as well, where there's probably not going to be a ton more to talk about for a while. I mean, this is going to work its way through the court system for some period of time but i i don't know if there's going to be the kind of non-stop breaking news around the story like there's been for the past few weeks
0: that's maybe true but again it feels like epic is very 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 um dead set on weaponizing this as a marketing tool and as people realize that they're unable to, or like interested parties are unable to play the new season and they see the restrictions and things like that coming out like i think in the interim between the the hearing date in october maybe that they're going to keep trying to push on getting their users um who have been disenfranchised by this um to be vocal about their unhappiness i
1: think that's a fair bet
0: yeah all right uh we will continue to kick down uh, kick the can down the road on that section (laughs) let's look at um um actually do you want to talk about the surface duo real quick are you are you aware of this product
1: i am aware of this product i i will admit that um i did not get to heed your recommendation and watch this video it'll be in the notes however and i'm interested to hear what you said there were kind of a handful of interesting things about it so I'd, i'd like to i'd like to hear what those were
0: yeah so so I have no feelings or or wants for this this product but I always find in the same way that um Mike Hurley has been like super jazzed about like the Galaxy Fold just because he thinks folding phones are going to be a thing and he's a fan of new technology which I think would I which I think is a very fair point um most of like the foldable products that have come out so far have been kind of duds or like just super heavily compromised things like the all all of the Galaxy Z Folds that came out, like, you'll remember that the initial batch that were sent out to reviewers, like, they all just started shattering and breaking. Um, if you, like, what, actually whether or not you chose to remove the thing that looked like a screen protector, but. Um, and then there's also the Galaxy Z Flip, which is kind of the thing where that ends up, that's a hamburger instead of a hot dog, where the um, the Fold folds in. Like like a hot dog, um. And then there have been other people like uh, Motorola has made. They brought back the Razer name for a uh, their own foldable Android phone that was um also a um a hamburger fold, where it's just a really 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 tall screen. Otherwise, but all of those have been just kind of weird, heavily compromised things. Where yes, they're the first generations of what might be a new interesting technology, but it just looks like folding screens just aren't really there yet because you're having to compromise on a whole ton of other things to make a pocketable phone. So do you remember a thing called the Microsoft courier? Vaguely. So there was this thing, and this is going back a very, very long time where, um, I think this was leaked to either like in gadget or Gizmodo. One of the gadget blogs a very long time ago, got like a leaked video of this. In, I think, like 2009 or 2010, um, where they had this like dual screened secret tablet that I, I don't know if it ran Windows or not, but um, only at the time it would have had to. Um, and everybody was super bummed that uh, Microsoft never made it into an actual product or they they officially announced in 2010 that they had killed it officially. But And people have always thought of like, oh, yeah, that was one big thing where Microsoft kind of uh, gave up or squandered an opportunity to maybe be in the market position that the iPad is, which is obviously not true, but but whatever. But a year ago, Microsoft pre-announced a product called... Was it called the Neo or... Hold on. Yeah, at the time, it was... Wait, are they different things? There might have been distinct things called the Surface Neo and the Surface Duo, but any I, I, in, in either case the duo is the one that's actually shipping now and it's still under review embargo but the duo is a dual screened android based tablet that has heavy 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 Microsoft influence and customizations to it but basically yeah it's very similar to the z-fold in terms of how it looks but the industrial design is dramatically better almost like mkbhD and uh, many tech or many reviewers have said that it's like just the most well-made and satisfying hinge of any product that they've ever touched, um, including like flip phones and everything else, not just foldable phones, just anything that it feels perfect, which is, which is very neat. And basically, yeah, it's, it's a phone that is is two. I think they're like six inch screens. um, That's extremely thin and has a ton of really thoughtful software design tweaks where it doesn't feel like the whole Samsung approach where it's just Android stretched out to like this weird mega screen type deal. And that's where, again, there's not a whole lot to explain here, but I would just strongly advise people go look at that video. That'll be linked in the show notes of, um, uh, the product manager, Panos Panay, uh, who does a, um, a socially distanced product introduction where it's just fun that one, they show all the cool stuff that it does. And even though I'm not an Android user and I don't really care for Android much, So many of the user interface tweaks and and ways that Microsoft has has made this work are actually just really smart ideas that speak to a lot of the ways where even like iOS iPad multitasking is just fundamentally bad, where even though Apple keeps reinventing it and trying to redo it every two years and it still ends up being bad, this is actually like a nice fresh take kind of similar to webOS where you feel like maybe this isn't the full form of it, but it has enough really interesting and smart ideas where it will eventually get there or somebody will steal it and then it eventually will will get there. But yeah, it's, it's very much worth people's uh, 20 minutes to watch it. Um, and yeah, it seems like a cool product. Like, I mean, I, I, I would never buy it just because it's $1,400, I think. And um, I'm sure it's going to be very, very first generation, but it's 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 very neat. And I think people should should uh definitely check it out
1: so microsoft's just given up on trying to put windows on a phone and they're just fully embracing android is that is that the story
0: yeah so they they gave they discontinued windows phone two or three years ago and um at that point i I think they already made office for android before that but they've they've just gone all in at being like hey we understand that like, I mean, uh, Satya Nadella has been very smart about realizing, you know what? Fuck Windows. We're done trying to make phones happen. We understand that all of our money comes from Azure and Office 365, and we're just going to put that on everything. And that's working for them. So that's where they're, like, very, very active at trying to make sure Office is the best that it can be on both iOS and Android. And Microsoft has been making product partnerships with Samsung specifically, where they've been trying, they've been getting the entire microsoft office suite preloaded along with i think microsoft teams and skype and before they got shuttered i think microsoft stores actually sold samsung devices in store so no i th- they are very much like uh, on board with making high quality ios applications but yeah the company itself is is all android on mobile pretty much got it
1: yeah i've i've had this kind of on in the background without audio while you were talking about it. And it does look, it looks neat. I don't, I don't really know like in practice, how much value having the two screens provides. I mean, definitely makes for a neat product demo, but,
0: but then just flip it around. Like that's the part where I think it's super interesting where if, if you just want to use it like a like just like a big phone, just fold it over like a book and just the the back is just it's now just a regular thing and it's thin enough where that's actually feasible where the the galaxy fold is this thick super chunky very very fragile and delicate phone that kind of either you use it shut and it has this weird like four inch screen that only takes like 60 percent of the front like real estate of the phone just because they need to have like all the processor and stuff somewhere um or you have to use this like monstrosity that looks like two Pop-Tarts taped together, or (laughs) like at least with the surface duo, you can just fold it over like, like a paperback book and just use it like a regular thing. If you don't, if you don't want to use two screens at any one time, And like, there's, there's a lot of things where like, do you ever, do you ever like, are you trying to order something on your phone from a website you haven't shopped with before? And you do the dance where you're, going you're swapping back and forth like eight times in between one password and the web browser. Do you ever get that?
1: I I do and I've always wondered if it's just me not knowing one password well <laughs> enough. But I guess maybe maybe we both don't, but
0: I think there is a solution that I never think of in the moment, which is just you can share you can share the URL because one password has a web browser inside of it. Mm. Because you can autofill logins mostly. With iOS, I never really understand when it does work and why it doesn't. Like, because it because it works like seventy two percent of the time.
1: I <laughs> you know, that's so spot on. I assume it has something to do with the way websites are are implemented, but yeah, it it does seem completely arbitrary and random <laughs> when when it works versus when it doesn't.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't think there's any circumstance where you can fill in credit card info. So then whenever I'm trying to, like, if I'm trying to ever buy anything from somebody who's not Amazon, and I guess maybe that's one of Amazon's, like, just entrenched, like, advantages is that, like, kind of in the same way that Apple's like, oh, yeah, we have have this captive audience with credit cards preloaded, and that's why you need to use the App Store and the 30% cut is worth it. That's the thing where Amazon, like, you will frequently gravitate towards that just because you're like, I know how quickly it's going to arrive and that they already have my credit card info. Where otherwise, if you're in the browser and you want to order something, you have to switch over to 1Password, you face ID, and do you happen to be wearing a mask? Well, otherwise, you're entering in your long-ass master password, and then you copy your credit card number and you switch back, and you're like, fuck, what was the expiration? And you just keep doing this dance where you're swiping over and over again, and then eventually you may may give up or the page timed out or 10% of the time you made whatever purchase you were trying to make.
1: I'm going to kind of derail the conversation a little bit. But since you brought up Face ID, you reminded me of, of something I was thinking about the other day.
0: Oh, that it works 100% of the time with a mask now, which feels bad?
1: So I that's not been my experience, but I've I've heard some other people mention that outside of you as well. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there. But what I was thinking about was, so, you know, we're anywhere from probably 2 to 4 weeks away from the next iPhone um event and you know presumably this this new iPhone iPhone 12 or whatever it's going to be called is probably going to have some type of new version of face ID or face ID improvements in some way and i'm just i'm kind of curious how apple's going to handle that in the age of people wearing masks good chunks of the day now and how they don't really have a solution for that i it it seems like the most likely answer is they just won't address it and they'll just happily move on but um i'm 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 curious if they will address that in any way
0: yeah i don't know just because this goes back to the thing that and i know this is an uncommon year but that you've been more on the beat of than i have but you're always like well like iphones are baked in like two years in the past and even though like i i always stupidly hold out hope that oh yeah there's this one really cool feature and i hope it actually makes it in and you you always remind that no they've this this could have been made a long time ago and be sitting in a in a barge on treasure island or whatever but
1: well not or like not even that it's like physically made but just the the schematics and the parts like that stuff gets locked in i don't know i for an iphone that's at least a year ahead of time yeah. i would think
0: maybe and, 18 months. and that's and that's where and i haven't heard a lot of this this year but i feel like it this has been floated on twitter every uh, couple of weeks uh where somebody's like oh yeah this the whole well, the whole face mask thing means the next iphone's definitely gonna have a fingerprint reader again It's not like unless they were already trying to do because like the Galaxy S10 came out like a year and a half ago and it had an in-screen fingerprint reader, but that one worked really poorly and everybody was like, there's been kind of the undertone that Apple might introduce this once the technology gets better and it's more fully baked and that might just be another option for people who don't like face ID. I'm not really sure that's there yet, but like, what what do you think?
1: So there were rumors pre-COVID, if you can remember back that far that some future version of the iPhone was going to offer this um combination of face ID and touch ID which you know even face masks aside just it just makes sense because there are certain use cases where touch ID is better and there are other cases where face ID is better so having both and having a method where whichever one fires off first unlocks your phone is sort of just like the best of both worlds And so the thing that I could see is that, you know, maybe that was going to be like a 2022 iPhone thing. And maybe once, you know, COVID started, Apple started to try to pull that into, you know, 2021, maybe something like that. But that that would be.
0: But that would have been April. What, like, uh, for somebody to think like, or to maybe come to the realization that this is here to stay. And I just, I going back to your point that you, you keep uh, that that you've been kind of um, hammering on for years, which is just like that's just not enough time.
1: Or or it could even be it could even be a this was going to be a twenty twenty three iPhone thing, and now we're we're pulling it into twenty twenty two. Yeah, the, the time horizon here is definitely not this year, and most likely not next year. I think that's fair to say.
0: Yeah. Um
1: but that does seem like the lot that that's the logical place to go. Why why wouldn't you have both in the phone assuming that you can get both to work because um you know like with even with something like um I I think I've mentioned this on the show before like skiing another you know activity that we we used to do in the old times. Um, you know, if I, I would be the type of person who, you know, my face gets cold. So I'll, you know, wear like a little ski mask and, you know, face ID doesn't work. Or even if you're just wearing your ski goggles frequently, face ID doesn't work. So having, you know, a backup with touch ID would be super nice.
0: Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, before we leave this topic, cause I already don't remember what we were talking about before this, but the, the face ID with face mask thing. I feel like it hasn't been really reported on and I don't I don't want to know the answer to this question but I found that it's working and this is not a joke 90% of the time with a mask now and I really just don't think that Apple somehow solved the way to make this work perfectly just like by a remote software update so I feel like they've probably decreased the security of it or like whatever confidence the phone needs to unlock itself by like a lot. And I don't I, I don't want to test it where I just hand my phone to somebody and just be like, hey, can you try to unlock this and just see if it actually works? Because I feel like just the speed at which it unlocks where like most of your face other than your eyes is obscured, it seems not... Yeah, because like even even friend of the show Darth posted on this, and and, and many people have, and it's just, it's weird how it is all of a sudden it's now fine, and I feel like Apple must like has to have, like scaled back the required confidence on hey this is you,
1: but that I mean that stuff is that's not done in the cloud that's done locally on your phone and if there were
0: well, no, but changes
1: saying- but if there were changes made through like recent iOS updates, you would have gotten your Steve Troughton Smiths or somebody who would have, I think, uncovered that stuff.
0: Maybe, but it just seems like too. But then I guess it's why did Face ID fail like 100% of the time when we all started wearing masks and now it's just cool?
1: Well, I I don't don't think that's universally the case. I mean, again, that's definitely not the case with me. So I, yeah, I don't know.
0: Hmm yeah i don't know so uh what were we talking about before this
1: uh pumpkin spice la cologne i think
0: i'm not sure you're pronouncing that right (laughs) um no seriously what were we talking about before this had we moved on from the surface duo
1: it it seemed like we were kind of reaching the end of that discussion unless i rudely interrupted you and you had lots more to say there
0: no no i don't but i okay let's say that was done i forget how do we count the point okay doesn't matter uh, oh, we have, well, we have an item here that it says Apple new products for the fall. I don't remember. Oh yeah. We can, this, this will be real fast. So this year is supposed to be the, um, uh, the introduction of the first 5g iPhones and people will remember that there is two, well, actually, sorry, if, if we pretend AT&T's thing is real, there's three, but there's three types of 5g, but there's only two, actually two. Well, actually there are three, but so there's the mid range or what is it called? Middle wave. Uh, there's M- uh, there's ultra high frequency mm wave or ultra wideband. as certain phone companies call it, um, and that's different than the ultra wideband chipsets that are going to be used in the AirTags thing. But that is the true five G that has one has very limited range and uh, but is insanely fast. Where with uh some carriers you'll get like a gigabit per second for data downloads, and then there's going to be the more broadly available uh midband five G that is much more equivalent to 4G in terms of like coverage and expectations, but is really not that much faster than 4G. Anyway, those will be available. It sounds like on new iPhones, but apparently because there's competing rumors here where there's a German report in Bloomberg where it says that Apple is preparing 75 million 5G iPhones uh, to launch this fall. But then other friend of the show, Ming-Chi Kuo, I've, I keep forgetting that his name is not actually Roger Kuo, <laughs> um, he put that there is going to be... Actually, do we have this in the notes?
1: Um, I don't know. I I, think we, I know we had the Bloomberg one in the notes, and the, we'll have a link to that. I don't know if we had the ming quo article okay.
0: in here as well. Uh, I will DM it to you. You can put it in the thing. Okay. Uh, So in his report, millimeter wave 5G iPhone shipments likely to be weaker than expected. And I haven't actually read the entirety of the article, so I don't know if that's because they think consumer demand will be low or that chip yields will be low or that COVID has somehow impacted this.
1: It's actually none of the none of the above. It's wow. It, it's <laughs> I it's that good guesses. <laughs> so, you know, rumors for a while now have been we're getting like three or four new iPhones this fall. And it seems like the fancy, ultra fast five G is probably only coming to what we'll for now call the iPhone 12 Pro and Pro Max, and that the the other phones, um, will get the the um, the middle five G option that you were explaining.
0: Got it. How on earth is Apple going to market that? So so the question
1: for you. So the for the 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 super fancy five G, the MM wave. Mm-hmm. So I, I presume if a phone has that, it's it's also compatible with oh, of course. this mid tier five G.
0: But that is the most expensive Qualcomm chipset and it's extremely power hungry and, and, and many other things. But yeah, but it it supports the others plus all the enhanced bands of um carrier aggregation, four G and all that other stuff, yeah.
1: And it sounds like MM wave speeds are really only available like maybe in like downtown corridors and cities and airports and like all the places we're
0: not going right now. <laughs> and half of the Chase Center. Got it. Move right past that. Um uh, I, I keep I keep feeling bummed for not not I'm not sad for Jamie Diamond, but the fact that the Chase Center got used for like three events. I know. A Metallica concert, a game that the Warriors lost, <laughs> and then everything shut down. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty, though. Uh, but yeah, so that that is very much where, I don't know if you've ever seen um, uh, like 4G or 5G small cells that are basically, they have, like, they just have to be so densely um, put in urban areas that they're basically just strapped to like streetlight poles, because you just can't have a traditional cell tower that covers three square miles or whatever you you need like thousands of them to to cover what most people would expect so yeah that that is what millimeter wave 5g is and that's the one that is going to be one expensive from a chipset and also just from a deployments perspective so i don't know how apple's going to market that because that's that's been super complicated for to keep clear for almost anybody and uh, at&t definitely hasn't helped with that because you actually you already have 5g right
1: oh if you've had it for
0: a while yeah, so I mean actually I don't even know why we're talking about this cuz wait, you 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 have an unreleased iPhone.
1: <laughs> I I think that now that this is this is easy for Apple. I think they'll just they'll say, you know, cellular speeds of up to X. They I don't think they'll get into all the nitty-gritty technical stuff, but iPhone 12 Pro you get a, up to a gig down. iPhone XZR or whatever the other <laughs> phone's going to be called, you know, it's 100 megs down or whatever the the middle tier 5g caps at
0: yeah i hmm. that seems tricky because just because it's so coverage dependent that that's i mean not that apple would care but that seems like that'd be a nightmare for the carriers of well i'm supposed to get speeds of up to 500 megs down i, I don't know Yeah, it seems tricky. And also, I mean, they can't market it as ultra-wideband either, because they've already used that term for entirely unrelated technology that they're currently underusing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you buy the thing that AirTags are delayed because nobody's traveling, or do you think they're just kind of over that product?
1: No, I I, I actually, I I do buy into that. I think they were probably supposed to come out with the, the previous iPhone, so basically a year ago. Something was was not ready, so they they pushed. They weren't they weren't going to come out with them during the middle of the holiday season, and they probably weren't going to come out with them like at the at the very beginning of the year. So they probably thought, well, maybe we'll we'll fold this into you know our our March event, which has kind of become like an annual thing now. But by that point, you've got COVID and marketing a product for losing things out in the world, especially during that time where everybody was really supposed to be staying home, just didn't feel right. Um so no, I I, I actually I do buy into that. And I could see I could see that being part of this year's iPhone announcement.
0: Hmm. Well but nothing's changed with that.
1: Well we've we've kinda of, I think we've kind of given up on that.
0: Mm, fair. Reopen the schools. Yeah. Um Okay, uh, and then to round, how are we doing on time? Okay, hour five. All right, um, to round it out, do you want to talk about what was menu engineers? What was that about? Oh, actually, that that's something we we should uh cross grade that over to um the grab bag for one day, but that'll become a a loss carryover for the prior week. Yeah, kind of. Um. So let's go to uh, Syracusa uh, in in one of the, he always jokes, but it's actually true. In, in one of the three things per year that he writes on hypercritical, <laughs> um, and, and, and and I mean that was love because they're always very well well crafted and thought out. But um, John Syracusa, who is very famous for OS ten reviews and being a uh, a toaster lover, uh, wrote a article on his website uh, titled "Good Products." where he chose three things to talk about which was a chef's knife an ice cream scoop and a toaster oven. And there's not like a whole lot here that I'm like I think we really need to go into you can link to it cuz it's it's an interesting read. Um I mean cuz we've we've talked about a lot of these things at length. But I guess this is just a, a, a roundabout way of kind of one we we hitting on uh kind of the weird nature of the wire cutter again. And maybe just kind of what what you have um found in since everybody's spending more time at home what have you found are products that even if they're not recent purchases that you think are really really good at what they're supposed to do hmm oh is that not what we were doing with this article <laughs> sorry i didn't i didn't mean to add profundity that wasn't necessary
1: we didn't we didn't do a um a pre-show um huddle up on that
0: no <laughs> what you Usually do. i didn't i didn't throw a surface um
1: so I, I, I guess there have been a couple so I've alluded to this on the show. You know, we've uh one of the rooms in the house was a garage conversion, uh, had some some carpet in there, didn't really blend in with the rest of the house. So we've over the last few weeks we've been kind of doing a little DIY project, um p- putting some new floors in there and and a handful of other things. And especially with where the tv is and in a couple of other areas we've we've got furniture sort of you know near or up against um, electrical outlets that i still want to be able to plug stuff into so i've i've been buying some of these like flat plug extension cords and those mm-hmm. have um those have come in handy cuz you know a standard standard like extension cord or really any like a surge protector or whatever that you plug into the wall it sticks out of the wall quite a way so if you want to get something tighter up to um a plug um having the the flat plugs really nice. Mhm. Actually just ordered 3 more of those today.
0: Nice. Amazon or Home Depot. Uh
1: this was this was Amazon. Um and I guess another thing I've been kind of excited about is um I I sent you a picture of this. I I finally got around to replacing my broken um UPS underneath my tv which um powers my cable modem and router the the ups i had had before probably just needed like a battery replacement i've had it for a long time and it it you know it just when the, when the power would go out like it it would power whatever was connected to it for 15 20 seconds and then just die um But when I started looking at it more carefully, I realized that like even brand new, that thing would have only kept my cable modem and and router going for half an hour, something like that. So speaking of the wire cutter, I I took their pick and got one of these big cyber power towers that'll, I think, power my cable modem and router for two, two and a half hours.
0: Yeah, I mean, those are... Those are good. So your well, actually that that brings up a side topic that we were going to eventually get to, but I think we left off the notes, which was your cable management was commendable. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time on that. Um, so that that that's cool. Um, Ashley, where where uh, when did you send that? Where I can get the picture? Because there was one thing, and I think I think it was going to be positive, but I don't want to. <laughs> I
1: think I said that to you on Saturday. That was when I was kind of wrapping that up.
0: Uh, was this before or after 5 E Fox? Hold on.
1: This was uh
0: can you can you send me a a time code link in the Slack DM?
1: I, how do I how do I do that here? I go copy link, I go to the DMs, paste that. I think that I think that works.
0: There we go. Okay. So a few things here again because I'm I uh, I I'm not trying to be the poor man's John Syracuse, but I think that's kind of what this is going to be because he complains a lot. Anytime I see a picture of the Tivo bolt, it just feels like you just want to come and step on it.
1: If I wasn't such a responsible adult now, this thing would have been replaced a while ago with whatever the new TiVo is, literally for no other reason than to get something that's not crooked.
0: You know, I'm actually going to just go clockwise and I'm just going to give a bunch of unsolicited feedback. I'm sorry. (laughs) So Apple TV, um, I feel like you need to get some blue painters tape. And put it over, because the Apple TV has one big, the Apple TV has several flaws, but it has the world's most blindingly bright I'm on LED. So the, so just, just to
1: prevent you from getting the, the follow-up mail.
0: Oh, is there a software setting to turn that off?
1: No, no, no. This, um, you're, you're not actually going to get follow-up mail because nobody would know this. Uh, the console table that this is all, um, a part of has doors on it. I just had I had taken those off when I was working on the cables. So there's wooden there's wooden doors that cover this whole thing. So I spent a ton of time uh, cable managing something that people are never going to see.
0: Well, actually, okay. So then that obviates a lot of the feedback. But so still, still a couple things. So uh, as a generic complaint, yeah, everybody who has an Apple a fourth gen or not 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 a fourth gen, but just one of the the newish Apple TVs. Um, because even the one that wasn't the Apple TV 4K still looked like this, right?
1: Yeah, I think it basically looked the same, but was maybe a bit less tall.
0: Yeah. Um, but it has an extremely light, bright LED on it for just indicating that it's on, which I always end up putting painter's tape over just because it's just too, it's too damn bright. Um, it's like the thing when you're, when you're, again, hotel rooms, what are those? Uh, you're always, when you're at a hotel room and there's always just one thing that's just too bright in the room. Like there's just something that has some type of status light or the weird phone that's covered in germs and other things Uh, that you just have to find a way to cover up. But anyway, so there's that. Uh, The fact that you've built a shrine to the world's worst Apple TV or the world's worst remote control, I find very funny.
1: Yeah, I I forget where I got that little stand. I I bought it. Like a long, I think you're, long time ago. Like
0: you're pot committed. Like I know you don't want to throw it away, but I, I, I just, it feels like a, a monument to what is objectively the worst <laughs> remote control ever made by any company ever. It's and that so is. There, go ahead. go ahead, you first. You're on. The, the,
1: so I bought that stand back when I used to just have the Apple TV remote out. It was was before we got this console table. Um, so I, you know, I had, I had bought in that stand and, um, you know, put the remote there for easy access. And now even with the console table there, there are occasions where having the remote is preferable to controlling the Apple TV on your phone. So for those handful of occasions, it's, it's nice just to have it on the top shelf there and. Because it's so damn small and thin, it's it's easier to pick up when it's in that little stand as opposed to where it when it's just laying flat somewhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, so there's that, and and, and uh, going back to what I was going to say before, which is the Apple TV. I think is 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 literally the worst remote ever made, but it is it is rivaled by any TV that includes a Roku. I recently found this out. Uh, does your what's it called TCL? Does it come with that with, with the that abomination of a Roku remote where it's got the volume keys on the side of it? I actually kind of like that remote. I hate that remote so much. It's so bad.
1: I don't love it and I, I'm actually, I'm, there's nothing to talk about on the show quite yet. Maybe next week we'll have something to say. I'm, I'm in the process of replacing that remote. So I don't love it to the point where I want to continue using it, but I don't think it's that bad.
0: It's... It's pretty bad. 'Cause and also with Roku, I don't <clears throat> ever remember what the star key does. Like uh, there uh, every bit of the remote is very confusing. Like the back button's not in the right spot, um like menu and that little like asterisk key doesn't necessarily mean what you would generally think it means. Like I assume if you live with it for a few weeks, it doesn't really matter, but it's a very it's a very perplexing remote. Uh and then is the box uh that's next to the switch is that a PS four or an Xbox?
1: Uh, that's an xbox okay
0: um anyway and then uh going counter or going clockwise uh congrats on the switch or so sorry, yeah that, the, the, that the was going to be the,
1: that was going to be the third product that you know i i bought lately that i like um which is that that netgear switch that I, I think this was an offline online conversation um i was having some networking trouble at the time that i asked you about this which i actually think ended up being related to, um, I had a USB, like kind of a cheaper USB C hub plugged into my MacBook Pro that I had Ethernet plugged into. And I th- i think the problem was that because now with this, this Dell monitor that I, this Dell USB C monitor that I recommended, um, a month ago or so, I've got a, a different, ethernet adapter plugged into the back of that now and then it's it's been fine um but nonetheless the the setup before was i had like one eight port switch which i then outgrew so i added like another five port switch on top of that and it just it was kind of messy so i just bought this 16 port netgear switch which is yeah, obviously more capacity and it's just it's it's much nicer looking
0: yeah and I think for the show notes, you're, I don't think there's any, I don't see anything proprietary or confidential in here. This might work better with a, with an image. Uh, but what is the, what is the, well, actually in the back there, is that a blue lounge cable box?
1: Um, where are you, where are you referring to?
0: Uh, the black box behind the peanut remote.
1: Oh no, that's, that's just a, a cable box. Yeah. That's what I said. Oh, I thought you said cable modem.
0: No, no. C- uh, Cause the company's called blue lounge. They oh, usually, it's, it's, oh, or is I this, see. is this the Amazon off brand?
1: It's, I don't know. Yeah. I, I bought it a while ago. It's yeah. It's just one of those things that you just, you stick all the, the excess cable
0: run into. Yeah. Um, okay. And then the only complaint I was going to get, or, uh, unsolicited notes I was going to give you here beyond all the other ones I gave you. But now that I know that this is going to be behind doors, the, the, um, exposed search protector is less of an issue
1: oh yeah no no they the yeah this that's all behind doors um that's by far and away the most logical place to have that surge protector and it's mostly organized although i i agree that's the least tidy part of the setup um and then even next to the um, new ups where i've got some movies and games and things those i part of what's also happening in that room is i'm um, building a bunch of cabinetry, hence the, the Ikea photos you received last Friday. Um, and that, that stuff will, will probably go in there. So there's, there's some, some empty space down there that I'm not quite sure what I'll, what I'll store down there, but I'll probably move these games, uh, that I never play
0: and, and movies that I seldom watch back into the, the cabinetry. seems like you could throw your Synology there. I mean, it's already got all the networking stuff. That would get it out of the way. Man, that's hmm, hmm. That's wow.
1: I might do that this weekend. That's a great idea. I actually, because I actually hate where my Synology currently is. So,
0: because again, like I, th- this this kind of looks like the equivalent of a server closet, sort of. Yeah. Well, because actually, so that's the other thing. Where next to your switch is that your cable modem? What 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 is that black box?
1: Well, no. That next, you mean in between the TiVo and the switch?
0: No, no. The to the immediately to the right of the neck gear switch is that a cable? Yeah, mode? that's
1: that's the cable mode.
0: Yeah, there. then just this make this your server closet.
1: So I think my only hesitation with that now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more is technology's quiet. Is it?
0: Yeah.
1: Hmm. Because it's in a closet right now. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll I'll think about that.
0: I mean, it's it's uh, it's one Ethernet cable. Just run it there for a couple of days, and if you notice it, they move back, right. Uh, and then last bit of uh, positive feedback I'll give you is that uh, well done with the uh, Velcro cable ties. Yes, I I think I've made something similar a pick of the week several years ago, where c- cable ties like the plastic ones are for are a fool's game. Like don't don't ever do that. It's you're always going to regret it, and you're going to accidentally snip a cable when you need to undo it. Uh, Velcro cable ties are so much smarter and so much more, uh, convenient.
1: Yeah, I should have, I should have given those a shout out too. I'll, I'll put those, um, I'll put those in the notes. They're really good.
0: Okay. Anyway, so going back to the Syracuse thing. So yeah, I mean, in terms of good stuff. So I, over the past two months have been, and I think I've vaguely touched upon this. I've been, uh, just throwing over, no, not throwing away. I've been upgrading a lot of stuff in my kitchen. That's been just old things that have kind of just been, compiled over multiple moves with more coherent and similar stuff. Um so I've replaced so many things with like the nice version of what I'm supposed to have. Like so I have many 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 like I I have used that Bed Bath and Beyond Beyond Plus thing so much like it has paid for itself literally 10 to 1 at least. So I've got so many Oxo things that have just it's just worth the extra whatever their 40% premium is getting the better version of it versus whatever thing i picked up at ikea kitchen or like from the whatever the williams sonoma in-house cheap brand is like all that stuff has been replaced by the appropriate oxo product and it's so much better um so doing that makes way more sense so that's in that that will go back to all the breville stuff that we have talked about at length on the show uh the espresso maker I feel like I'm maybe hitting the limits of it. I'm I'm never going to replace it, but I I, I kind of wish I'd gone a little bit fancier. Mm. What? Same? No, like,
1: I, I I no, I, I get it. I get it.
0: Like, and the only other thing is that, like it, it. And again, I am I am not going to get. I'm not replacing it. I I don't have. It, it would be un, un unwise, and I just it's not something I need to spend money on. Um. But I do wish I'd gotten like, oh, I think they're called double broiler ones, like ones where you can do espresso and then also not have it take like a minute to get going on like the steam wand and other stuff. Like it's just now that I know what I'm doing, I understand why it's, it's kind of like it's like it's like a camera. Like, you know what all the limits are when you didn't know what any of those were before you started.
1: I think I think what's what's a little tricky with your situation is. The huge selling point on the uh, barista uh, express, yeah, the grinder is not good. Well, but but it's it's an all in one thing, like which sort of by definition is never going to be the best at anything. But it's just it's super convenient. And as someone who has actively tried to use as, as little from it as you can, I could see why maybe you. So part of you wish you went in a different direction. The
0: only thing I, t- I I took away was a a physical limitation, which was the damn coffee grinder didn't fix <laughs> I measured because either Breville or I, probably the Breville Corporation, measured the wrong thing. And yeah, oh well. But anyway, but yeah, so um yeah, the kitchen upgrades have been working well. I got myself some nice uh the wire cutter pick for all clad stainless steel cookware, which replaces the thing I bought in two thousand and eleven. <laughs> um uh which was from God knows what, but it was it, it's it's much improved. I got myself a nice little um risotto cast iron enamel pan or pot thing. So it's yeah. People should go. Like if if you're gonna be cooking more, because there there have been two approaches that people have been taking to this whole current situation is either either one they're not they're just eating all processed foods, which is which is an entirely valid option. No, no hate, or they're getting takeout three meals a day, six days a week, or they're cooking way more at home. Which are you?
1: I actually kind of had a similar question for you. I want to do like a little check-in on your takeout practices and things during COVID. Oh, okay, then we'll, we'll um, actually we'll
0: make we'll round out with that. But okay, what, what are you doing?
1: We are mostly cooking at home. Um, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, basically at least five or six times a week it's all three meals we're just we're cooking at home and then we'll do takeout for dinner um once once a week once every other week i mean maybe twice in one week if there's some odd scheduling things but we've actually sort of um cut back on it a little bit recently it well in, in some ways on on the dinner side we've cut back a little bit but then when we've had this <laughs> this project ongoing in the in the family room, there have been some um busy afternoons where you know we've we've had lunch delivered or something but but yeah mostly mostly cooking at home and you know it it's summertime, so for us you know ha- after having moved to the house that we're in now it's been a lot of um a lot of barbecuing this time of year
0: uh something that makes sense so yes yeah, some so of the three approaches I would say uh, uh, is like zero takeout pretty much like i i don't get that approach i mean if you were somebody 21 like if somebody has like lives a really really busy life and they've got like multiple kids and their whole and like their life is turned upside down by homeschooling or having to monitor, like i i get that loss of time but i guess my exposure is more towards single people or people like people with like kidless people, even if they're in a relationship, like that's not really the thing. So I, I don't really endorse the whole, like you're spending like $25 on DoorDash like 15 times a week. Like that just seems like a lot. So yeah, that's the thing where I would say that I've leaned in towards cooking at home with probably the same amount of like, just, you know, like frozen stuff from Trader Joe's that I normally would have, which was always maybe a quarter to a third of what I ate. And the rest of it would just be like salads and other like food that I make myself. But that's, that's motivated a lot of the, the kitchen upgrades and trying to maybe like, and that's kind of goes with just everything that I've gotten more um, intentional about, like with photography and all this, like just knowing like your tools and, and being more in touch with the process, which is another reason why I've really enjoyed the coffee thing.
1: Mm hmm. It's all
0: about the process. Mm hmm. Trust the process. Mm-hmm. And uh, which team does Joel Embiid play for? The Seventy Sixers, and they're the trust the process people. Correct. Oh, do I get extra credit for that? For knowing who that was?
1: I, I call this out occasionally on the show. I'm I'm consistently amazed at references and, and things that you know about topics that I that you otherwise know know very little about. No offense. <laughs>
0: ouch i was gonna take i was gonna be like no there's there's no offense here at all until like the last three words ouch uh it's okay i i I still in a totally non-ironic way confuse uh andrew silver and nate silver so it's okay (laughs) um so yeah so that's why the kitchen upgrades are happening so yeah i'm definitely not doing takeout um yeah just cooking more and again no i mean no no hate towards whatever anybody chooses but the takeout one just seems like not the best option
1: you gotta you, have to, you just you have to find you have to find the right places we there's a couple of restaurants nearby us that um during you know normal times we we would prefer to to go to and and sit down at but you know in, in the absence of that being an option slash not you know being comfortable with the whole outdoor dining thing um they actually, you know, do a really good a really good takeout. So we we will when we do, you know, the once a week, once every other week thing. You know, there's a handful of places we go that that we're pretty happy with.
0: But yeah, but once a week, though, like that, that's just like a nice little treat, or like that's also just like a vacation from having to do dishes and all. Like that, that's totally different than basically your life now just being like I'm going to have an app based contractor just bring me Chipotle every day. Like I mean, it's. Ugh.
1: No, I mean that's actually I mean in, in some ways I've I've gone like a really sharp opposite direction during the shutdown where, you know, because I had an office job where I was, you know, go, going into downtown San Francisco, you know, four or five times a week, um, you know, I would be regularly, you know, going out for breakfast and, you know, either having lunch brought into the office or going out and getting lunch. And would be having these like, you know, much bigger kind of more interesting meals. But now that I'm home, especially for breakfast and lunch, it's like breakfast is either cereal or like an English muffin. Lunch is either accidentally skipped or, you know, is some cheese and crackers or something. It's it's very, very like basic basic stuff and then you know dinner is 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 mostly mostly the same but um yeah the breakfast and lunch situation is is definitely not um regularly having things delivered or going out and picking up stuff or anything like that
0: i was going to mock your cheese and crackers but i have found that one of my um recent snack foods has been uh pepperoni on pita chips which sure. Is, um, yeah. No. It, the, the, those are both two variants of basically adult lunchables. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm. Yeah. I'm not gonna hate on it. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. So I. I am table. I, I have another. I've added to OmniFocus another. Uh, um. Quarantine mini where I'm gonna compile a list hopefully similar to this and not entirely rip off John's idea but um I've kind of just good things that I think are the best of their class but are not tech related hmm. because that's too much of a of a slippery slope all right we got uh time for chef specials yeah speaking of things that
1: we like um so you <laughs> so provided <do> <laughs> a, a really good coffee pick last week with that little little brush oh yeah yeah i ordered one had it for a few days it's wonderful that was a really really good pick um so i thought i could return the favor here and and give you another kind of tangentially um coffee related pick um so these are the urnex cafe wipes um this was actually a uh, recommendation from the lady friend's dad uh, right after i'd gotten the the breville machine he has a super duper fancy espresso machine and and uses these um so these are, you know, very, very simple. They're just, they're wipes that are specifically designed to clean things like the steam wand and the the rest of your coffee machine, your coffee grinder, and then even like the countertop if you, if you spill some coffee or espresso um, and whatever's on them just basically erases, you know, Milk that gets crusted on the steam wand and coffee stains that show up on your white countertops or even like on your shiny Breville machine. Um, they're, um, they're really, really good.
0: Interesting. I sold out right now. Yes. That, that's what I was going to say. that's so too I, that's too bad. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know how to book. I can't, normally I would just put this as add to cart, but I don't know how to do that when it's out of stock. Yeah. Not um, too bad. Neat. Uh, The one related thing I will ask is, do you, um, I don't know, I I don't know if I got this from like one of those YouTube like coffee or uh, milk steaming videos, but do you ever, apparently you're supposed to run the steam wand maybe every like 10 or 20 times you just get like a little, like in the pitcher, you just put like maybe one drop of uh, dishwashing liquid and water and you just kind of run the steamer just to clean the inside of it as well. Cause you will sometimes get like burned on coffee on the inside of it.
1: So I don't do that. I do the thing where as soon as I'm done steaming the milk, I take the wand out and then turn it right back on when it's over the drip tray and let it run for a few seconds. I do that every time I, I use it. Got it. I think, I think that mostly cleans out the inside. There's also a little tool that it comes with where that you can detach the tip um of the steam wand and I think you can, you know, hand wash that or maybe even toss it in the dishwasher or something. Got it. I've never done that though.
0: Am I supposed to descale the machine?
1: Yeah, so I've you probably haven't had yours long enough where you've had to go it, it'll let you know, right? So there's the there's guess... the clean I kind of sworn
0: the, you You talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and now I've noticed that there's a light that says D-scale that blinks, but I, I, I can't tell if it always blinks or if I, I'm only noticing it because you said something about it.
1: So if it's if it's blinking, that indicates that you need to clean the, you're, you're the fancy coffee lingo guy, the, the part that the portafilter connects to. Well, to the group...
0: But the group head, you normally will run an empty single cup cycle through just to loosen up anything.
1: So I I do that with every espresso pour, but when that little light starts to blink, there is a process where you put it, the the machine comes with two of these little cleaning tablets. Um, And so you put one of these tablets um, on top of a little kind of rubber gasket looking thing that also comes with the machine and you put that inside the the portafilter you hook that up to the group head and then you you kick off a cleaning cycle and that little tablet has water run through it and it it kind of cleans off the uh the group head so that's when that light is blinking that indicates you need to do that and then if that light comes on and stays solid, that means you need to go through a uh, descaling process. So I've I've cleaned the group head twice, and I've descaled the machine once.
0: Okay. And am I supposed to have changed the water filter yet?
1: Yeah, you're supposed to change that every, I think it's every two months. Okay.
0: All right. Well, add it to OmniFocus.
1: Mm-hmm that's that's yeah <laughs> uh, actually you know what speaking of my uh cleaning my or replacing the water filter is on my OmniFocus for tomorrow
0: there you go um so my pick is gonna be uh the podcast called dithering mm. have, you, have you subscribed to this yet
1: no but i i'm aware of it
0: so it's one of these, so it's an experiment, I'm not sure it's an experiment, but it's one of the first where it is a, um, I'm not even sure what you'd call it. It's a paid for podcast. Like it's not a podcast that's freely available. Like it's freely available, but it's not, it's, it's not one which comes out with ads and then you can pay to have it without ads or just pay to support it a, a la an upgrade plus or, a, an ATP max. It is something that you go. It's part of. So Ben Thompson and John Gruber both run their own websites. uh Ben Thompson is the writer for stratechery which is a, I think it's a hundred dollars a year. I forget how much it costs, but um, he has something where most of his writing is behind a paywall, and he will send you out an email every or most weekdays with kind of the stuff that that he's written, and he has one free article a week. So he has been generally one of the best guests on uh, Gruber's uh, the talk show, and they have decided to make uh, their own podcast, which comes out three times a week, which has a hard limit. It is exactly fifteen minutes every episode, which I actually think is a really interesting concept, and it kind of it keeps them on tracks because they're both people who can be very very um, long winded, which is not, which is not not a knock, but for a daily uh, or an episodic type of podcast is maybe not ideal. But yeah, but for this, it's not a, um, an ad supported thing. It is just straight up, you pay $5 a month and they will send you an individualized RSS feed. So it still works with your preferred podcast app of choice. Uh, but it is something that is both open and siloed off behind a paywall, which I find is very interesting, but yeah, the, the, the content of it is very, very good. I had resisted signing up or trying it for a while and I didn't really have a good reason, but. yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, instead of having to wait for Ben to be on the talk show once or twice a year, it's it's good to um uh have them do this. And I and I think the the forced brevity uh helps Gruber a lot because his uh, talk show episodes generally tend to be literally 3 hours long. <laughs> um yeah, but it's good. I would I would strongly recommend trying it. I think they also have like a Twitter account where they, or an Instagram account where they will use like the overclass overcast clipping feature to kind of highlight some stuff. So if somebody wants a taste of it, they can go look that up. But yeah, I I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty, uh, pretty well worth it, especially since I tend to, uh, Marcus played almost every episode of the talk show, unless it's somebody I really like.
1: Yeah, they are. Those episodes are long. um, I was going to ask if there was any kind of free trial or something, but that yeah, that's that's smart to to use the overcast clipping feature.
0: And in, in the payment system that they use is not it's like it's not like the New York Times where you have to call somebody to to end your subscription. Like you don't have to call Gruber and Philly. Like you can just you can <laughs> if if after a month you don't like it you can just you can easily uh nope out of there pretty quick.